This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. Welcome in on the block. I'm Moss Norman. He is Eric Strickland. Excited to have you along with us. Great day of programming here lined up for you over the next couple of hours. We'll talk some Nebraska basketball in the game against Northwestern. We've covered the game. Got a little different angle we'll bring your way. Uh, some recruiting. Strick, I found this out yesterday, thanks to my dad. On3, on its website, lists the average NIL deal next to the recruiting rankings. Okay. That blows my mind. We'll get into that, play the shootout. Emony Bates, what's his future? Just dropped 29 straight LeBron-esque like he did that one time. Um, we'll get into that discussion as well. And then at 325 or so, we will have Andrew Alex come on to talk some NFL playoffs. As always, though, on the block, brought to you by Mary Ellens. You got your plate yesterday? I did. I actually went up there and um... – Got a chance to talk to Charles and the wonderful crew at Mary Ellen's. Um, I had a meal that I actually ate in the restaurant, and I had one that I took out of the restaurant. Same thing. And took it home. No. No, listen. They had this meatloaf burger. Meatloaf burger. Yesterday. (laughs) And you can either put gravy on it. Uh, They had mashed potatoes. I had some coleslaw. I mean, it was, it was good. And it was good. Today, I didn't eat it yesterday. Mm. I ate it the next day, heated it up, and yeah, went in on it just before I came here. So I feel absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Charles and the Mary Ellen's crew for taking care of us here on the block in more ways than one. Not only sponsoring the show, but also in the wonderful meals that you provide to us when we come out there and spend time with you. Absolutely. Let's jump right into it. Nebraska Northwestern yesterday, 15-point loss for the Huskers. Not pretty. In a lot of ways, the first half, more offense than I expected, at least from Nebraska, 30 points and a half isn't great, but given that lineup, not bad, especially when you shoot 5 of 10 from long range. You mentioned yesterday wanting to stay under you know, 23-point attempts. You go 5 for 10, extrapolate that out to a second half. If you end up 10 for 20, any team in America takes that. 10 makes is always good. The problem was Northwestern went 8 for 15. Yeah. They matched it, and then some Ty Berry had the half of his life. 21 on 5 of 5 from 3 is good for a game, let alone a first half. Nebraska keys on him in the second half. Bowie and Adij go off as well. 50% from 3. 6 for 12. That's that's a great night shooting from 3. It is. What did you see in Nebraska's perimeter defense that let Northwestern's guards cook so much? Well, I, I, I don't want to say it was a lack of effort. Um, I think it was that. I think one of the issues that they're going to have is that they're playing – with that type of effort and they don't have the same amount of depth. Mm. So even though they have, they had a good, good rotation uh, a little bit earlier, they have a lot of guys that are playing high volume minutes that probably wasn't doing so a little bit earlier and now are getting that, um, those high value, uh, high volume of minutes. Now here's the difference. I think the problem is think, think about it like this. There's nothing more frustrating. And I, and I said it last night on the, on the show, on that post-game show. There's nothing more frustrating to me than having 
tremendous defensive effort, and that's what I I would give. I I'm I'm hustling grind every second of the shot clock, but one of the things I used to get very upset with my teammates about is not putting a body on somebody and. Mm. And I even get frustrated with myself if I I missed an assignment, right? I was even to the point where I wanted to help someone else because securing that rebound after you didn't spend that much time on defense is uh, it's deflating. It's deflating, right? So when they have they they out rebound you there and they have second chance points at the number that they had it, which they had second chance points at sixteen points, and then they also. Um, they had what nine offensive rebounds, and they 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 beat you in double digits when you've been doing pretty well in the rebounding department. That's nothing but a, a, you know a lot of deflating moment when you lose that those opportunities and not secure the rebound. Right, rebounding we knew was an issue for this team coming into the year. It'd been better. Last night was a relapse. It wasn't good. You give up those sixteen second chance points, but sixteen turnovers as well. Strick twenty two points for Northwestern. Half, both of those, there's the margin of the game. Yeah. Two big problems. Yeah. Two big problems, um, something that they definitely can't have. If you're a team that's trying, um, especially if you're undermanned, um, you're a team that struggles with perimeter shooting, uh, you're a team that doesn't shoot free throws well, you've got to be in the game, ahead in the game, uh, take care of the ball. You've got to do all of those little things tremendously well in order to be in games to win. Um, I continue to say this, and I will continue to say this, uh, whether you're listening or not, <laughs> that's okay with me. It's all good either way. But the fact is, this team, if they do not score in the upper 60s or in the lower 70s, every game with the defense that they play, anytime a team has a great shooting night like this team did – Every team's not going to struggle. There are going to be some that do. There are going to be some that are going to play average or some that are going to shoot good for a half, and there's some that are going to just hit shoot lights out. But you're not going to give yourself a chance. If you don't do those little things, you don't take care of disadvantages that they have, whether it be in the break or whether it be in a turnover. If you don't make them pay for that, you don't shoot good free throws to either push the game for the lead or to – uh, put yourself back into the game because that's what it is. When you have a lead on a team, it's called putting your foot on their on on their throat, mm-hmm. right? Or yep. putting your foot on the throttle. Do not let up. You continue to put it on. How do you do that, Austin? You do that by execution. You run your offense. You run. Uh, take advantage of situations where there are mismatches. You get downhill. You get to the free throw line. You make them pay, and. That's how you push leads from 8 to 15. That's how you hold leads because if you're playing good defense, that's the way you continue to maintain them. If you go to the free throw line with missed opportunities, that allows teams with stop clock to get back into games. So if they don't score higher than the numbers that they're scoring right now, they're going to struggle. That they are. On the text line, the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. I'll show along if you have thoughts. I'll summarize what Ryan from Nashville says. It seems like we can't get any players. Uh, once we do, they're gone the next year or transfer. Uh, every season, it's it's a new team full of D2, D3 players. I'd push back on that a little bit. Uh, Nebraska isn't building squat. Every year is a rebuild. And Strick, that's where I think moving forward for the rest of the season, this is where Nebraska can prove Ryan and Nashville wrong. You know, you have guys that look like they could factor in to the future in Lawrence, in Brydenbach, in Dawson, Tomonaga, Wilshire, 
we need to see more from those guys, but we've seen flashes of it. We know they're capable of it. So as we look ahead a little bit to next year and the growth, who can Jamarcus Lawrence be? Who can he be similar to? I think Jamarcus could be a more under control, not as good a defender, but solid and a better shooting Trey McGowan's. Hmm. Okay. You know, obviously Trey was a super athletic freak, but, you know, uh, but he reminds me of that kind of style to him. Um, I'm not going to say Ray Gallegos. I'm not going to say, um, uh, you know, Palmer. Can he be the halfway point between I, Glenn Watson and Benny Parker? Uh, I would probably say a little bit more to Benny Parker than Glenn. Glenn, kind of. Glenn is that guy that could get there. He could. Like anytime he wanted to, he was capable of getting where he wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. So probably more like more more than Benny Parker, but Better Benny Parker. Benny Parker? Yeah, Benny Parker esque. Okay. Denim Dawson. Who can he turn into? Oh. I think Denim can be a Jeter. Ooh. I think he could. Hmm. For those or, who didn't or, get a or, watch. Owen Dongu or uh, I can't pronounce it. Yeah, Olu. Huh? Yeah. You know I know what you're talking about. about. Yeah. yeah. For those who didn't see those guys play, what does that mean for the progression of his game? Um, very physical, hard nose, slashing, going to give you everything they got, strong, um, willing to take the challenge. All of those things are encompassed. Yeah. Something we talked about with Rico at the end of happy hour, situationally, not long-term, could you see Denim Dawson slide into kind of an Isaiah Roby at the five role where you'd need more size around him, but if he can be a mismatch for a signer and really strict, he's athletic enough. He'd be a lob threat we haven't seen at Nebraska. Not for a long time, but for, you know, two, three minutes at a time. Yeah. Um, I could see that. Uh, I, I think he's just got to figure out for himself where his advantages lie and look for that. Right. Um, I'm seeing some things, for example, Greasel, Greasel a couple times, baseline drive. What What is normal there is baseline drive, baseline drift. OK, so what you need to do and this is not this is what I'm not seeing. You need to have a deep baseline drift guy, which is in the corner. Okay. Um, but they've been taking that away. What I saw on post play is Walker needs to be a dunk position. He's kind of floating, but he's not getting into that, just kind of sliding kind of behind Greasel a little bit or creating an angle between that defender and that guy that's covering Greasel so there could be a drop-off. That's not happening, so Greasel can't find him, so his only option is there because the guy at the top is not shifting to the wing position. Sliding with him as he drives. Sliding with him also, Mm -hmm. so he's staying at the top, which is an – only mostly only pros can make that pass where guys can jump out, you know, and Luka Doncic and those type of guys can make that pass to that top guy without the movement. So they need to shift to a wing just a little bit, which would create a, the angle that they're taking away. So what's happening is the guy is taking away Derek Walker in the, in that, in the center, right in the paint. They're deep covering uh, on the baseline. So the only thing that's really open is that, 
that wing position, but they're not getting there. So he's really leaving himself only one option to the corner, and it's getting picked off. So there's just little things that, you know, uh, if I was there or I could, you know, tell them there's just little shifting movements that could help them tremendously that uh, they need to do a little bit better as well. Uh, on the text line, Willie says he sees Denim Dawson as a Larry Florence type. Ooh. I never watched Larry Florence. Larry played with me, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah, that's a very good one. That's a very good comparison. Shout out to Larry Florence, good, good, good brother, man. We we still stay in touch. Uh, but yeah, Ade, Ade yeah, is Dog one. Dog and Duro. Yeah, he's he's one that's very similar. Larry Florence, yes, great, great point. Um, I like that. I like that. The other guy I want to touch on quick, Wilhelm Breidenbach. Is he a four or five? And is he starting caliber at either? Um, at this point. He, he hasn't given me what I would like to see out of him as a starter. Um, I, you know, he's to the point – I mean, you've got to play him because you don't have much depth. Um, but he's got he's to step up. And, you know, there's been enough time. He still plays too straight up. You saw it. He's not fluid. He's not fluid. He he gets bumped off because he doesn't play with lower leverage. He doesn't have, you know, just good strong shoulders. He's a very narrow – body type Mm -hmm. so in his narrow body type once he gets bumped or he tries to lean in he gets bumped off because he his center of gravity is very straight and so when he tries to lift he doesn't have much lift and that's why the ball has no consistency in his shots when he's uh going to the basket and if you're not going to be athletic you got to be strong in some way even if it's wiry strong he doesn't bulk up to 250 but if he can you know not get bumped off his path have core strength, be able to still go yeah. up through guys, I'd go a long way. Uh, another question for you, Strick, from the text line. Uh, anonymous texter asks, is it just me or does Nebraska give up an unusual amount of made threes right when the shot clock expires? If that's true, how do they fix it? Yeah, um, there, there's really not much you can really say about that because um, I think a lot of those came, uh, there was at least three, uh, two or three of them that came where they didn't secure the loose ball and it kind of found its way around to a, a guy that they were running and challenging. Um, teams are starting to scout them very well. Um, they're understanding kind of where their shots are going to come from, and you can tell that they're uh, making adjustments and they're taking those and they're making those a little bit more frequency than they were uh, at different times. But Nebraska's also turning them over, too. So they're, uh, I, I think when you see that their depth is not like it used, it was, going deeper into the shot clock, there may need to be some mixtures in how they defend, meaning they may need to throw some zones in there. They may need to throw some matchups in there. They need to throw some things to kind of give them a little woosah for a minute, <laughs> give them a little breather because – uh, the style of play that they're playing, uh, it, it's, it, expends, it, expands, it expends a lot of energy. So, yeah. That's where when you're down to this many guys, I feel like there's so much more of an onus put on the coaching staff to earn their salaries, right? You've got to try stuff. You've got to be creative because if you're, your guys on the floor can't get it done, you know, doing what you want to do, isn't it more on the coaches to find ways to get those guys to succeed? Yeah. Yeah, and it's tough. Uh, you know, Especially when when you're having like yeah this. late in the season you have a lot of juggling um the thing that you have to do is expand the way that guys um play and it's different from what they've been scouted so where you've been scouted you need to increase i talk about that with Derek Walker he needs to be able to make that little mid-range shot um and then you know real quick before we go to break Brad Brad from Baldwin says 
why can't we find a true big man? We actually were talking about that um, off air with with Rico. And uh, what's your what, what what's your your thought on that? Because we just we haven't outside of some of the guys that I saw shortly after you know, Vincent Hamilton, your Mikey Moores, uh, your Alex Mariches, you know, guys like that. Um, we haven't really had no no guy inside that created a dominant presence. No, you have to have some sort of dominant big guy, whether it's a Hunter Dickinson dominant post up guy, a Zach Eady type or Trace Jackson Davis, who is so good at the low block, but can also you know step out and handle kind of like Derek Walker can. Derek Walker is a good player. He's not a dominant player. Blaze Keita looks like he has a dominant body type. He's still figuring some things out. Wilhelm Breidenbach could be a matchup guy if he learns to shoot consistently. What I'm missing, though, Strick, what I haven't seen my entire Nebraska basketball fandom, mm-hmm. is a dude who dunks with bad intentions. A dude who is able to swat guys and stare them down after that. You don't have to be the bounciest guy to do that. But some semblance of a lob threat, I think, would open some things up for this team. And a guy that, you know, frees up guards to be aggressive, right? To go for steals, knowing that they have an eraser on the back end of the rim that they can trust to stick up for them, to bail them out in some cases. I would love to see what one of those looks like in Nebraska. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sauter Hammond text lines open 402-464-5685. Who was the last big man that you knew kind of had that presence? Um, that that kind of dominance in the in the paint for me it was Mikey Moore mm-hmm. he's the one that was what you what you were talking about it didn't matter he was only two fifteen soaking wet uh, but he he carried that kind of Bad meanness man. and badness about him and if you came in the paint that stuff is getting lost um, it didn't matter if you had bigger size on him it didn't matter if you you were stronger than him he was going to compete and he was going to lose that stuff so uh for me it was mikey moore um but who do you think 402-464-5685 hit us up on the starter him text line who was the last big man who had just bad intentions in the middle who dominated the paint who who was physical who was mean um and uh hit us up on there gotta take a quick break uh we'll be right back 93.7 the ticket we are on the block gotta take a quick break we'll be right back 